Hello, hustlers. My name is Apurva, and I am the host of When She Hustles. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, we have Morgan Jenkins with us. Morgan is an accountant at EY. She is also just an incredible human being that I absolutely love. I met Morgan as a mentor my freshman year, and she is just always trying to learn about people, and she cares a lot um, about the people around her. So I'm so excited to hear what she has to say today and any advice she has to give. Thank you so much for joining us, Morgan. Thanks for having me, Purva. I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm so excited. Um, so before we get started, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your personal and professional background, and any other information you want to share? Yeah, so um, I am pretty early on in my career. I currently work for um, Ernst & Young in public audit. Um, and I started almost a year ago, so it's still like pretty new. Um, I'm like wrapping up my staff one year and I'm moving on to intermediate staff. Um, and prior to that, I went to Indiana University, which is where I met a Perva. Um, and majored in accounting and finance. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Morgan also has this like really adorable dog called Blue. I, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> He's great. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So um, today Morgan and I are really going to touch on a few different topics. We're going to talk about accounting. We're going to talk about EY. Um, we're also going to touch on the idea of networking as an introvert and just so many um, incredible topics. So I can't wait to get started. Let's dive right in. So Morgan, why did you choose accounting and how exactly did you get interested in accounting? Yeah. So um, I wanted to do like going into college, I wanted to do something in business and wasn't sure what. Um, and a lot of people recommended to me starting in accounting um, just because like I was interested in finance and my interests in business were pretty broad as well. Um, and a lot of people recommended accounting is a really good foundation to have. It's a really good place to start your career um, because you start to learn all of the, or like within accounting, you learn all of the um, kind of technical aspects behind um, finance and like financial reporting. Um, so that's kind of where I started. Um, and of course, like the job security and things like that are also a great plus to it as well. That was a good incentive. Um, but yeah, that's really why um, I don't think, I mean, I'm still pretty early on in my career, so things may change a lot, but um, like I'd love to work more in the social impact sphere and work kind of more in a finance role eventually. Um, but I think this is like a really good foundation to start with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think accounting, consulting, those are all just really great um, foundational careers like you've mentioned. Um, so what do you do exactly on a day-to-day -day basis as an accountant? Yeah, so uh, it kind of varies depending on what role in accounting you have. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of people that work in accounting and industry. So, uh, you know, they'll be like an internal accountant for Apple or something. And so they, you know, they might be working on, um, payroll or different accounts. Um, mine's a little bit different because I'm, um, in public accounting and I'm an audit, mm -hmm. um, meaning that, um, my team at EY is essentially like contracted out to, um, by public companies to do their audits for them. So we review their financial statements and kind of validate them and things. Um, and so ours varies a little bit because instead of focusing on like just a couple accounts or only working with one, um, with one company, we're working with a variety of companies and touching all kinds of different accounts um, within those companies. So right now I have a tech client and a biotech client. It's so like a health sciences client um, in the Bay Area. And um, so I kind of bounce back and forth between both clients. Um, and 
So on a day to day, it really depends on the time of year. Um, there's some times of year where things are busier. So we like have our year end audit, which is definitely the busiest time of year. Um, and as well as like our quarter ends um, are a little bit busier. Um, but outside of that, um, it, it really varies by what we're working on. Um, so I've been doing a lot of control testing lately. Um, so we are like reviewing companies' um, controls that they've set in place to protect their financial reporting and make sure that things are accurate and there's no like misstatements or fraud or things like that. So um, this I actually think is pretty interesting because you start to learn all of the processes that a company has um, kind of from start to finish. So um, from like the moment a transaction begins until it's closed in the books. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's one thing that really appealed to me about starting in public audit. It's because you get exposed to lots of different businesses and different industries very quickly. And you also get kind of a broad understanding of the business pretty quickly because you start to, um, because you're testing and you're documenting your understanding of their entire processes. So I think that's something that I um, have really found interesting and will definitely like one of those skills and like that's the experience that I'll take away from EY when I eventually leave someday if I leave. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that sounds like that definitely sounds like it's a career that just gives you a lot of exposure, you know, which I think is great to have for your first job. Yeah. So I guess, um, now that you have all of this sort of experience under your belt, you know, working as an accountant for a while, what's something you sort of wish you knew before you started working in accounting? Mm. Um, I think one thing, one common misconception about just like the accounting field in general is that um, like you're just an accountant, like there's just one way to do it. It's kind of the same career path for everyone. And I found that really to not be the case. Um, like I mentioned, like a lot of people will start in accounting and then branch out and use like that, that background they have in accounting to, to build off of it in a different industry. Mm -hmm. um, but even within accounting, um, the roles are very different depending on what you're doing. I mean, within EY, we have like tax, and audit are, are two big like service lines that relate to accounting. Um, but there's so many opportunities with it. And I see it's interesting to see um, the people at our client sites, like the accounting teams at our client sites and see how their careers have evolved as well. Um, so a lot of them, you know, started in accounting, but then, you know, work in operations or they're working in finance. Um, yeah. I also know people that like started in accounting and then kind of, pivoted towards um, like social impact work and things like that, which I think would be really interesting. So um, I think that's like one thing that accounting kind of gets a bad rap for, especially in college. Like when I tell people I was majoring in accounting, they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like they assume they already know what you're going to do for the rest of your life, <laughs> which really isn't the case. Yeah, no, and that's so true though, because I think most people like the first career you have is just not the career most people stick with for the rest of their life, you know? Um, and accounting is just such a great way to get that exposure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think one thing that really appeals about accounting is that like you're getting such a technical background too. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I think like there's a lot of other things that'll give you like a good foundation and like a good initial exposure to a lot of industries early on in your career. Like a consulting is one of the first ones that comes to mind. Um, but I think one thing that is great about accounting is that you, you get that benefit, but also you're building a very technical skill. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you're getting your CPA and you're, you're building, um, your technical skills, which are really valuable to employers. And there's a lot of, um, employers that are looking for someone with a CPA, not because they want you to work strictly in accounting, but because they want someone with that background to be on their finance team or on their operations team. Or even more and more, you're seeing it in um, like information systems and IT uh, management kind of roles as well. They want people to at least understand, they want people that understand accounting and understand how it works um, because it interacts with every other area of your business. Mm -hmm. So if you have people that understand it, they can definitely work more effectively in whatever team they're on. 
Yeah, so true. So you mentioned um, CPA. What exactly um, are the basic requirements to get a CPA? And I know you're in the process of um, obtaining your, so how <laughs> difficult is that? And do you need one to be an accountant? So, <laughs> um, so CPA stands for Certified Public Accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just like a licensing title that you can get um that you have to work for really you don't just get it <laughs> but <laughs> um most accountants that I know of have a CPA mm-hmm. I know like some people that will start in accounting but like quickly pivot somewhere else and don't get their CPA mm-hmm. um but at least like if you're in public accounting um you typically need it at a certain level you don't need it to start mm-hmm. um but kind of the expectation is that you'll get it eventually and at a certain level you you can't be promoted any farther, at least at EY, um, because they need, um, you know, their team members at a certain level to, to have a CPA. Um, but yeah, so it's a series of exams you have to take to get your license. That's it. Perfect knows about it because I complain to her about it all the time. (laughs) It's a long process. Um, each exam, they recommend like 120 to 160 hours of studying. So, um, <laughs> it's wow. not super fun, um, but it's a really good um, background to have, and it's a really good license to say you have mm-hmm. um, because it's like I mentioned before. Like, even if you're not going into it, if even if you're not looking for another job in accounting, there's still a lot of roles that are looking for CPAs. Yeah, so definitely worth it, but it's a process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I think it's one of the hardest sort of grad, um, like certification exams that you could possibly have out there. But I mean, you're going to do great. <laughs> Thanks. I hope so. I just passed. Did I tell you I passed um, the last one I took? That's so cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, you're going to do great. And anybody who's listening to this that's preparing for that is going to do great. So, yeah. We'll all pass. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Don't underestimate it. Take it seriously. But, um, you know, if you put in the time and put in the effort, it'll eventually pay off. <laughs> so I guess this is this is a really interesting question that someone once asked me, even though I'm not doing accounting. <laughs> but, um, you know, accounting and like the word passion don't necessarily come up in the same sentence very often you know um and I I think that that you know a big part of that is just stereotypes about the field but um just for you personally how do you integrate passion into um your career yeah um that's a good question and I think that's something that I've like waffled back and forth about back and forth about for the past few years and I think my mindset on it has definitely changed first of all I think like if you are in a position where you can worry about you know finding something you're passionate like a job you're passionate about then you're already lucky like you're already (laughs) in a pretty privileged position and I mean that's certainly my case and I'm very grateful for that Mm -hmm. um but like if you can think beyond like definitely like take a moment and just appreciate that <laughs> um but yeah I think accounting um oh a pervert did I lose you oh no I'm here I oh, okay my, your like, video cut out for a second yeah I'm gonna turn it off because my wi-fi is a little unstable okay um but I think accounting Um, I know a lot of people that really are passionate about accounting and I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, some people really do love like actual accounting, but I think for a lot of people, it's what they're more passionate about is not necessarily um, the specifics that you're doing day to day, but like the um, opportunities that the job provides Mm -hmm. both like within your job and like also within your life if that makes sense. So like, I think, um, I think what a lot of people appreciate about accounting and especially like working in public accounting, which is definitely more of like a competitive field, um, is that they're working somewhere where they're challenged and they're working somewhere where, um, 
you know, their team members are really intelligent and really hardworking and it pushes them to be better. Um, and they're, you know, working somewhere that allows them to travel and to interact with new people all the time. Um, and like learn about new companies and new people and new places. So I think that's, um, something that people really love about accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it varies by person to person, but I think that's the case in a lot of careers where like, it's not just, you know, I'm passionate about like X, Y, Z tasks that I'm doing every day, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm passionate about, you know, working in a strong team or I'm working or like working with diverse groups of people or mm-hmm. um, doing something where I get to travel every day and things like that. So I think it varies by person, but um, when you're looking for something you're passionate about, don't just look for um, like the specifics of the role that you're passionate about, but also just kind of the qualities of the role mm-hmm. and the opportunities that it would provide. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, um, I wouldn't say I'm one of the people that's like deeply passionate about like the specifics of accounting, mm-hmm. but um, I fall in the second boat where like I really enjoy that I'm working with really intelligent, hardworking people every day that are like supportive of me and supportive of my like learning journey at EY. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something I've really appreciated. And then I think I, my mindset on it has definitely changed. I think it's important when you're like considering what you're passionate about to not, to remember that like your career is a journey and like this is one step on that journey. So I think what motivates me about UI or about working with what I'm doing in public audit is because I know it's like giving me a strong foundation and a good background to like, um, to like climb higher and move on to other things in the future. Um, Like, I think I mentioned, I would really love to work um, in kind of the social impact space um, in the future, kind of in a business role. Um, using like my finance and accounting background and that's ultimately my goal Um, and so I think when you frame it in that mindset I feel more passionate about what I'm doing now and more motivated by what I'm doing now because um, I know that it's it's like one step closer to that goal and that it's preparing me for that so um, I think it's important to reframe that and realistically like the first job you have out of college could be great but like it's also you know you're the lowest man on the totem pole or woman I should say you're the lowest (laughs) person on the totem pole um so like it's not always going to be glamorous and it probably isn't like the dream job that you pictured having for the rest of your life you know and there's there's a lot of steps in between so I think it's important to like appreciate those steps and recognize that you're they're taking you somewhere next like this isn't just the be all end all Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love that. I love this like idea of um, viewing your career as this journey, you know, because it really is. And um, I think it's like you said, you know, trying to understand the significance of what you're doing, um, you know, in terms of the larger organization that you're working for, the significance of what you're doing in terms of how it's going to help your career. Um, yeah, I mean, that's great. And like you said, it really does depend you know from it goes like it depends on the kind of person you are you know I know people that you know feel passionate about their hobbies and they don't want to you know they don't want to mix their passion with um you know what they're doing to make money and that's just the kind of people they are you know they they want to like keep their passion as their hobbies and yeah but yeah yeah definitely and that I think that's another good point too like it's not just about like what you're doing at work but also the life that your job provides for you to have. Mm -hmm. So I know like some people are really like they enjoy their jobs, but they're passionate about it because it allows them to have a really good work life balance and it allows them to like make enough money that they can support the charities that are important to them or to support their family back home and, um, yeah, or like travel and things like that and save for their future. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you see a lot of that in the Bay Area too because um, there's a lot of tech and I think overall the Bay Area has a better work-life balance um, because of it. So I think a lot of the tech firms, just that's just kind of one of the perks of them is that um, you usually aren't working crazy hours and they have better benefits and like more flexible vacation and things like that. So I know a lot of people out here – 
like in other fields outside of accounting as well, that like they love their jobs because if, of course they find them interesting and they enjoy their teams and stuff like that, but it also allows them to travel more and to, you know, have time on the weekends to like, you know, windsurf or like camp every weekend or like do whatever it is they love to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you, so Morgan lives in San Francisco and Morgan loves to like hike and do all of these really cool outdoorsy things and just working for EY and being able to live in San Francisco allows you to do what you, you know, feel passionate. About. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Hello. Yeah, I think Hello? you cut out. You think I think you cut. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Like that's another, I don't think that's something we've um, focused on really, at least um, at the Kelly School of Business where Perva and I go or went. Mm -hmm. um, like we talk about like finding your career path and like figuring out what your goals are and um, you know, what you want to be doing for the rest of your life. But um, I don't think at least in the classes and with the professors that I had, um, it's not touched on a lot about looking at like the other elements of it. Um, about like finding something that allows you to have the balance to spend time, more time with your family or things like that. Um, and I think that's just as important, if not as important. Because you could love what you're doing, but if you are exhausted all the time and like don't get to see your family um, or don't feel like you're earning what you're worth, then you like as exciting as your job is, you're still going to hate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, completely agree with that. Um, so you sort of touched upon this in your answer, um, but what sort of opportunities or initiatives does um, EY offer that you feel like are really helpful in your personal and professional growth? Yeah, um, I think there's a lot. And I think that's one of the perks of being at a really large firm to start out with. Um, there's just so many opportunities. I think one thing that really appeals to me about EY is that like there's different there's offices all over the world. Um, and then there's also multiple service lines we work in. So like there's accounting, of course, like there's audit and tax, but then we also have a lot of consulting and advisory roles, um, some more like tech related, some more finance related. So like there's still a wide variety of things you can do. We also have like, um, we have almost like a climate change advisory team as well which I think is really cool. So, cool so when you start to like explore there's a lot of different opportunities within the firm and um the firm is like pretty flexible in helping you explore those if you want to obviously like you need to build up some credibility and like you need to have teams that will support you and like um you know demonstrate that like you're a hard worker um to like earn these opportunities but um I've seen a lot of people like even early on in their career at EY that have switched service lines. So they've switched from like audit to advisory or like something like that. Um, or they've like explored different industries or switched offices. So they're like in a different city or even a different, in a different country. Um, and I think that's something that's really awesome, especially to start your career is to have, you know, so many opportunities and so many, so much flexibility to kind of explore and find, you know, what you're passionate about and, you know, what kind of roles you're interested in and what locations you'd like to be in and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a perfect knows I, um, right before her, I actually did have my internship in New Zealand. Uh, with EY, which is a really cool opportunity that they offer and impressive that they offer offer that to um, interns. You know, you're so new to the company, but they are still offering that opportunity. Um, so I did a month of my internship in San Francisco and the other month was in New Zealand. And that was, if anyone is ever curious and wants to look it up, it's the Global Student Experience Program. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really cool opportunity um, to like, get exposure in San Francisco, but then move over to New Zealand and um, kind of see how things are similar and how things are different. Um, and overall, I'd say like the culture is similar um, or like the working culture, I mean, um, 
at EY at both places is pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Um, but the people are very different and, um, it was really fun. Plus like you're working with different types of companies, like in the Bay area is working with like tech companies. And then in New Zealand, I was working with like a seed company and like a salmon farm, you know? (laughs) So that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's so cool that like they offer these sort of international opportunities to interns, you know, because it's really hard um, to have access to those opportunities, even as, you know, entry level employees in a lot of companies. So I think that's definitely such a big advantage. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably like my, the, the perk or like the initiative that appeals most to me is the opportunity to work and travel abroad and to like try different service lines and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I, you sort of touched upon this a little, but um, what about the work culture at EY really resonates with you? Um, I think the thing I appreciate most about EY's working culture is that there's such a, push to um to try to like challenge each other and challenge yourself to be better Mm -hmm. um and I've I think I'm also lucky and just have good teams that I've been really happy with but um and that have been really supportive but um I think it's cool that at every step in your journey independent no matter like what level role you're at with EY like Mm -hmm. it's always a priority that you're learning and you're finding new ways to challenge yourself and new things you can get involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really great. And like having a, like a competitive and like a hardworking atmosphere, I think is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that like people are um, like very supportive of it. Um, and like, I think I have like team members on my teams have been really great about you know, stopping and even on their busy days, like stopping and slowing down and taking the time to um, teach me about something new or, you know, walk me through new processes that I'm not familiar with um, and make sure that like, we're not just moving through things as fast as we can, but we're also like taking the time to make sure we're like learning and each developing as an individual on the team. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really healthy working culture and I think it's common with the a lot of, you know, bigger firms like EY, you know, it's important to have that sort of sense of community. Um, so yeah, that's great. Um, so th- this is, I guess, at, like any company, you know, whether it's EY or other companies, there's sort of metrics that are used to, you know, evaluate performance in order to see, um, you know, whether it's for things like promotions or whether it's for, um, you know, pay raises or things like that. So what kind of, um, metrics does EY use to evaluate performance and what kind of traits are really valued at EY? Yeah, so um, EY does um, like performance evaluations. It's either every quarter or like three times a year. I haven't been like quite through a full year cycle yet, Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure. Um, But the process is like, um, that your teams provide evaluations um, for you. And then you, like each person at EY is assigned a counselor, like an EY counselor is what they call them. But mm-hmm. typically it's a manager or a senior manager um, in your service line um, that will, um, they kind of like coach you through things. So they like, they see all your performance evaluations and you talk through them with them. Um, and they're also the people that you go to if you like are having an issue with the team or like you're hoping to like kind of make a career shift and like try a different service line or try a different um, client or something like that. Like they're the people that could help you make um, kind of make those jumps. Yeah. So I like that they kind of go hand in hand. Um, we're like, this is the person that's not only just like reviewing your performance evaluations, but they're also the person that's like helping you advance in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, and like set goals for moving forward um so yeah evaluations are done by your team and it's based on um like your client interactions and then like team leadership as well as like technical skills and so on um and you're kind of rated 
not against your peers, but you like, you find out like kind of what the average is. So you can see kind of where you fall, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether you're like considered more of like a top performer or whether you're falling, you know, somewhere kind of in line to all of your peers, mm-hmm. um, which I think is helpful because I think it helps you. Um, I don't, I don't feel like it's a, it makes it more competitive. I think it, as an individual, it just helps you understand better if like, you know, should I be pushing myself a little bit harder Mm -hmm. um, and things like that? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, So I want to sort of like shift gears a little um, and talk about just recruiting and networking, you know, as an introvert. Um, Maureen is an introvert and I am an introvert, even though nobody will believe me. I really am. I swear. Uh, I believe it. (laughs) Thank you. I can vouch for you. But yeah, so I mean, you're an introvert and you're an accountant who is working for EY and that's a job that a lot of people want. And more importantly, it's what you wanted. And, you know, you were able to sort of succeed in your recruiting process and really get what you want, even though, you know, you're an introvert. And I say that because a lot of the times people are worried about them being introverts and that hampering sort of, you know, their recruiting and networking experience. Um, So just to like start off with just this topic, what could you talk a little bit about what your own like recruiting experience was like? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started recruiting junior year, uh, like fall of my junior year, which is pretty typical. Um, Cause that's like, or at least at our business school, like that's pretty standard because people will recruit fall of junior year for an internship before their senior year. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately I think a lot of people's goal is like, they'll get a good internship after their junior year and then get an offer from that and like go back full time, Mm -hmm. Um, which definitely makes the recruiting process a little bit easier because you don't have to go through it all over again your senior year. So that is, that is what ended up happening for me. I recruited with EY um, the fall of my junior year, accepted an offer for an internship, Mm -hmm. did the internship, got a full-time offer and took it like right at the beginning of my senior year. So I like only really had one full recruiting process, um, but it was intimidating. Um, I was pretty nervous about it um, just because I, it wasn't a process I was super familiar with and um, it's definitely really competitive at our business school and like everyone wants like the jobs at the big four and with, <laughs> you know, the big three consulting firms and like so on and so forth. Um, so I was pretty nervous about it and like business school is like notorious for having lots of, um, like outspoken, lots (laughs) of, uh, very extroverted people Mm -hmm. and I'm definitely not that way. And I don't think that hampered my ability to recruit or that it like limited my opportunities at all. Um. I don't think it was like a disadvantage for me. So um, I went to, I think the part that was the most intimidating, especially like as an introvert was doing the career fairs. Um, (laughs) Cause like I'm, I much more thrive in an environment where like it's a small group of people that like, if I'm meeting a lot of people, like I like when I can do it one-on-one or like in small groups. Cause I don't know. I feel like there's less pressure. And just for me, I, I prefer it. Um, And so the idea of like walking into a room with like a trillion people in it and like not knowing most of them and like introducing myself to all these different people that I didn't know was definitely intimidating. I think it is for a lot of people, but it's not, it's not really so bad. Um, (laughs) I think the thing that helped me, um, (laughs) trying to think of like where to start with this but um um I was pretty nervous about like going into this room and just talking to like meeting a bunch of new people and introducing myself to recruiters because like what if I embarrass myself or like what if I have nothing to talk to them about and like blah 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 um so I highly recommend preparing for career fairs. You should do this no matter what your personality type. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think especially as an introvert, it provided, it provided a little bit more comfort because I was able to know like, okay, I do have things to talk to them about. I have ideas of what I can talk to them about. 
So I um, beforehand researched um, at least at Kelly, and I'm assuming at other business um, career fairs as well, other schools, like they'll let you know ahead of time who's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So I, re- I went through the whole list and figured out like who I'd like to talk to, um, like what firms and what uh, internship roles that I was interested in. And then I researched those firms. I didn't go like super in depth, but I um, would, you know, read about the role and read about the company some and often would look at like current events of the company um, just to, like see if there's anything interesting in the news that I could talk about um, with them. And then um, I also, this was a good one for me because like I've mentioned, I'd really like to work in social impact. And that's like something that's been a priority for me. Um, when I research every company, I also looked at their social impact initiatives. Like everyone has a corporate social responsibility page. So I also looked at that because I think that that's something that's interesting to talk to people about. And also I think that's something that's more unique to me. Like I knew that not every person that, um, when I've been talked to the recruiters would want to know about their corporate social responsibility. But I knew that because like, this is something that I'm passionate about and like something I want to prioritize in my career, um, that I wanted to talk to them about that. Um, so I think that made me stand out in some ways. Yeah. But yeah, so I researched all of the firms, um, and like figured out the ones that I most wanted to talk to. Mm -hmm. And then I think this is, this is my best tip. Mm-hmm. Um, was that <laughs> I started with ta- I started by just talking to firms that weren't my like top choices, mm-hmm. um, and that wasn't j- to like waste their time or anything. But like I think it's good to warm up, um, and I actually had some really g- great conversations with them and ended up interviewing with a couple of them, um, which I wasn't expecting. But it was great because like there was little to no pressure in those conversations because you know this wasn't like my top goal role to be going for you know and so like the pressure was off so that was a good environment to start with because you're just like getting comfortable with introducing yourself to someone and like starting that conversation before you move on and talk to like the EYs and the Deloitte's of you know of the career fair that you are really hoping to get an internship with. Mm-hmm. so that was really helpful yeah I think I think like what's really interesting about um you know the career fairs this semester as well I know a lot of schools are doing them online um and I know Handshake is a platform that a lot of schools use so um the way those work this is really interesting is that you get on like the zoom call with the recruiter and it's just you and the recruiter on the zoom call and you have like five minutes with them so it's not like one to two minutes but it's five minutes um which is good for introverts you know because it means that like it's just a one-on-one interaction which is usually why where we thrive the best (laughs) um but it also means that like morgan said go prepared with like question or questions especially and things to talk about because um you can't spend more than those two minutes really talking about yourself (laughs) i think they might yeah (laughs) no and they i think that's actually an important thing to practice though as an introvert is like learning to brag about yourself a little bit (laughs) um (laughs) i think that's something i was like feeling super awkward about before my before my whole recruiting process started. And that was like one thing I was like not thrilled about with the idea of like networking was the idea that, (laughs) you know, I basically have to go and like brag to a bunch of people I don't know about like my past experiences and why I'm good for this job. But I think learning to do that is really important. And it, it's not necessarily bragging. Like you're just speaking about your experiences and how you're a good fit for the role. Um, but like learning to kind of give that elevator pitch is actually really helpful. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, that's so true though. I think that was like my biggest concern, you know, and obviously I'm a lot more used to it now, but that used to be my biggest concern. Like how do I go into this and like brag about myself when like talking about myself is usually one of the last things um, I used to do. I've gotten a lot better at it now, but. um, Yeah. Like from the outside looking in, it it seems very, I don't know, egotistical almost. And so I was like very skeptical of, for a long time, I was like, 
networking is a scam <laughs> it's just people bragging about themselves which like it kind of is a little bit but <laughs> but I think you have to keep it in perspective of like the goal is to build connections and so like you obviously want to brag you want you want people to understand your experiences and like why you're um, a qualified candidate but you also it's just as important to build a connection with someone mm-hmm. um, so like a lot of my conversations like would start out talking about, um, you know, with a question about the company or whatever, but, um, you know, pretty quickly they would find out that like I lived in Guatemala for summer and then like, no way. They also lived in Guatemala for a while. And like, you'd start talking about like your favorite places that you've traveled or about like learning Spanish or something completely unrelated to the job. Um, but like, they're not just looking for the most qualified candidate. They're looking for someone that like is a good personality fit and like someone that people would actually like to work with. So uh, I think that eases some of the pressure as well that like, it's not just you talking about work and like trying to prove yourself as like the best person for the job, but it's also just about like making a positive connection with someone Mm -hmm. and like having a good conversation, even if it's not um, like just focused on, on work. Yeah. It's like you're offering information to them about yourself so you can build like a connection and a relationship. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it that way, um, it really helps because that's what we want to, that's what, you know, we usually enjoy doing, but um, it it also changes your perspective because then you're going into the entire sort of conversation wanting to build a connection and not just, you know, wanting to advertise yourself or sell yourself to them, you know, which is so important because these people want to know if, you know, they'd feel comfortable working with you, you know, if they want to like see you around the office and if you'd fit into their office and building that connection, like Morgan said, is such an important thing to concentrate on. And if you go in with that perspective, your entire sort of recruiting process and all those conversations really just align up to show people who you are. You know, you don't really have to show them a, quote, fake version of yourself or anything like that. Um, it'll just show people who you are, you know? Yeah, exactly. If they don't like it. I think, like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's super important. Like, it's just as important for you to find the right fit as it is for the company to find the right fit. So, like don't like you don't need to be fake like it's important to be genuine and it's important to be like honest about like your intentions and your goals and like what you're really interested in mm-hmm. um because like you don't just want the company to find someone that they like and that they think will fit in but you also want to find for yourself a company and a group of people that you want to work with mm-hmm. absolutely that's really true um so I know you've already mentioned quite a few like sort of networking tips that you have as you have used as an introvert. Um, do you have any more specific sort of networking t- tips or things that you did before um, interviews or before career fairs and things like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think another good career fair one that I um, actually got from like a career advisor at Kelly was um, when you do your research on the companies and figure out the ones you want to talk to um, make a little note card for them. So like I had a note card for EY and um, I jotted down because you're going to look at a bunch of companies. So like you're not going to remember everything. So like keep a little note card, write down like the current events that you think would be interesting to talk about or like something from their corporate social responsibility page that you think is like really interesting that you'd like to talk about and like so on and so forth. So just like jot down a few things um, that like you want to remember and stick it in your pad folio. Cause like mm-hmm. at least in the career fairs I've been to, everyone's got their pad folio with them um, and they're walking around the career fair. So I just had, I had a stack of like a little stack of note cards in my pad folio mm-hmm. and I would take a peek when I was standing in line before I talked to people um, or, you know, I was like waiting in line for the bathroom or something. I'd like take a peek and like, just give myself a refresher on like what role this is that I'm, you know, I want to talk to them about. And like, if there's anything interesting that I really wanted to hear their perspective on. Mm -hmm. So that was a big one for career fair. Um, So I think my like big career fair ones would be like, do your research, make some note cards, and then like start with 
a few easier companies before you like get to the ones you really want to talk to mm-hmm. um, and practice your elevator pitch and like talking about your experiences. And if you think there's anything that you'll share that like people will find more interesting, like think of some talking points for that as well. So like I knew one thing like the summer or yeah, the summer right before I started recruiting, Mm -hmm. I had done a nonprofit internship in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that um, just from experience that like the moment you mentioned that, that's usually what people want to focus on because it's just something a little bit different. It's kind of unique um, to my experience relative to like everyone else they'd talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just like practiced some talking points on that and like, you know, sharing some of my, the highlights of my experience and like what I took away from it. Um, So I think those, those are my big things for career fairs. And then um, for interviews, practice and prepare beforehand, do the same thing, like do some more research on the companies, get a little bit more of an in-depth understanding. Um, And then, oops, sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um, oh, um, practice, like, possible questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, for Big Four, if you're going into audit, um, like, all of your interviews are behavioral. You don't have any case interviews. So if you look up online, like, Big Four interview questions, um, they all kind of, you know, you'll probably get ones that are different than that, but they all kind of follow a similar vein. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's tons of questions online that are pretty easily easy to find, just like example questions. Mm-hmm. So I had friends ask me um, questions and I would like practice like starting a conversation from those questions and like answering those questions. Mm-hmm. And that was super helpful for the interview because um, it just means that like you're not caught off guard by anything. Mm-hmm. And um you kind of at least have like a framework of how you want to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that put me at a lot more ease and allowed me to make things more conversational because I wasn't like stressed trying to think of an answer. I was able to like worry more about make turning that into a conversation rather than just like answering their question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, what would you say just to like people who are just terrified to go to career fairs or just engage in networking or just go to any sort of event that requires them to really just socialize in a setting with a lot of people, you know, just people that are just really nervous about that? Yeah, honestly, you just have to do it. (laughs) I was nervous too, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, so I definitely fell into that boat where I was like really nervous to start recruiting um, and to start like go to my first career fair and things like that. Um, So start early and take it slow. Uh, I'd recommend like if you're planning to do some like serious recruiting junior, excuse me, junior year, um, then go to the career fair when you're a sophomore Mm -hmm. Um, and just like practice talking to people or even like if that sounds too intimidating, just go and see how it works in person you know and kind of observe because I think the more exposure you have to it the more you'll realize it's um it's much more doable than you think it is Mm -hmm. um but at a certain point you just have to do it um and like I think I just had to make a rule for myself that like I was going to go to the career fair and I was going to talk to five people um you know and then like I um, would go to the info sessions as well for some of the companies that I was interviewing with. Mm-hmm. And I just had to make a rule for myself. Like, I don't want to stay after and ask them questions. Um, but I'm making a rule for myself that I have to stay after and I have to ask one person, one question, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so at a certain point you just have to make yourself do it, but it's much more doable than you think it is. So just, give yourself the time to practice and the exposure you need. So start early if you need to, and just kind of like slowly build up to it. Um, But you just, you have to do it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, you do have to do it. 
Um, yeah, I, I think that like, just to add on to that also, like if you're able to sort of find, um, you know, a way for you to engage in networking or like just get acquainted with career fairs in like a one-on-one -on -one setting, like take that opportunity. I've had a professor, like I went to a professor once literally just crying. I mean, not crying. I wasn't actually in tears. Um, I stopped crying after high school. That was hell. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I was really upset um, just because I just didn't understand like how to network with people or like how to sort of sell myself. And what she said was that, um, you know, you being an introvert isn't like a bad thing. Like your personality type isn't a bad thing. So like use it to your advantage. You know, she suggested that I do informational interviews, which is basically what I'm doing right now with Morgan, you know, Call, like emailing people and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them um that's just so helpful and a lot of schools release the list of recruiters who are going to be at the career fair in advance too um noted kelly messed it up this year because they moved from <laughs> kelly connect to handshake but i mean you can find that list or you can sort of get a sense of like your alumni who have been working in that company through linkedin um people that might come and maybe reach out to them, you know, the summer before your career fair, reach out to them, talk to them in advance. So, you know, when you're standing in that career fair, in, and we're not going to be standing this time, but, you know, next time when you're standing in that career fair, um, you sort of already know who the person you're talking to is, you know, and they know who you are. Like you've already had a 20 minute conversation with that person and they're busy having sort of one minute interactions with everybody they're meeting at the career fair. So, I mean, just really harness the fact that you're an introvert to your advantage because it really is a really big advantage. I don't think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's an, a disadvantage at all. I think it makes your recruiting process look a little bit different, but it doesn't make it, um, it doesn't make it worse by any means. Um, and I think in a lot of ways it was to my advantage as well. And I think that's a really good point. Like, I knew that like stepping into a career fair, um, it would be intimidating, intimidating to me to like step into a group of a people of a full of people that I didn't know. Um, so I tried to intentionally build in more one-on-one -on -one interactions during my recruiting process. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, like you said, I did informational interviews as I was like preparing to recruit. Um, and then another thing that Kelly does, and I'm sure other schools do as well is that, um, like they would have like uh, recruiter office hours during mm -hmm. recruiting season yeah. Yeah. Um, where they would just like, they'd publish it on like the Kelly website that like, you know, X, Y, and Z company will have tables in the lobby from two to five on Tuesday or whatever. So um, a lot of people never show up to those unless, you know, like the recruiters offering like free pizza or something. <laughs> but in general, like there was never, hardly ever a line and, um, no other people waiting to talk to them. So it was a really good way for me to like get another one-on-one -on -one FaceTime, um, with the recruiter. And, um, I think that's super important. Like if you're worried about making that, you're not going to make the first, the, the greatest first impression, trust me, your first impression will be better than you think. Mm -hmm. But also if you're worried about that, like build in more times to see the recruiters, mm -hmm. um, you know, and if, if they're not doing like office hours or something, then like email them and see if you can um, like set up a time to talk to them one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. um, or anything like that. Um, that's huge. And I think that's what really did it for me was like, I'm sure my first impression was good. I don't think I was probably like, I don't think I like blew them out of the water or anything at like career fairs. Um, but I think like I had a solid first impression. Um, but I think what really made the difference for me was that like they actually got to know me because they saw me multiple times and we had multiple conversations. So that kind of reinforces like, um, first of all, like they remember who you are and they remember your face and that makes it so much easier for them to decide when they're placing people in the roles. Um, so that is a huge advantage to you. And then I think it also allows you more time to reinforce like what's important to you. So like I always ask them about corporate social responsibility and about social impact stuff. And like, yeah. I think that's something that I like that kind of became related to my brand, at least in their mind um, and allowed me to stand out. Yeah. 
I, I think that's like another thing that like introverts really struggle with and at least I did but like once you do it the first time you're like I think it's just the idea of like breaking through doing something new for the first time and then it just gets easier yeah. but um yeah concept of asking questions you know I think that you know it's so important to ask questions and to reach out to people um so could you maybe speak to the value of asking questions and asking the right questions and you know what kind of role having mentors in your life can play um for you yeah um asking questions is huge and I think it's really important because like just as important it is for you to like quote-unquote brag about yourself and let the recruiter know about you it's also really important for you to understand the firm and the role and um, demonstrate to them that you're genuinely interested in learning about um, you're generally interested in learning about the firm. like their company and you're not just attracted to it because of the name or because it's where everyone else wants to go. Um, so I think that's super important. And then I think also like asking the right questions allows you to get a better sense for the firm and for whether it is like your top priority. And like, I ask similar questions to most of the companies that I talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I wanted to know about international opportunities. I wanted to know about different um, social initiatives and things like that. Um, and that was really telling for me. And my, like, my top choices actually mm -hmm. evolved a lot during the recruiting process as I heard the answers to those questions. Yes. Oh, sorry. I need to plug in my laptop. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, so what's interesting is that, like, obviously questions – um, generic questions are important. They're generic because people ask them so much, but people ask them because mm -hmm. they're important questions. You know, you need to know about the work culture. You need to know about, you know, all these different things that companies do. But I think what you're saying, and this is so valuable and important to remember, is that what Morgan did was she asked questions that she wanted answers to and she asked questions that were related to the company but she also asked questions that were related to her you know as an individual and the kind of questions you ask one they give you answers on what you're what the company is about but they also inform the recruiter you know on what you're about and you know what your like personal brand is and like what kind of opportunities you're looking for in a company so it plays this like two-way role of helping both people involved understand whether you're the right fit for each other, you know? So yeah, definitely so valuable. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So I, I feel like I really want to ask this question, obviously, because I like came into college just like this like nervous kid that never joined anything and um, the reason I really started pushing myself was because of Morgan you know because I met Morgan and Morgan was my mentor and um, I just want to like sort of speak about the value I mean I was wondering if you could maybe talk about the value of um, having a mentor you know and how that can help push you as an introvert because I know that you've had some really great mentors when you came to IU. I think that is that was the the highlight of my business school experience was like finding um, finding mentors and like finding friends and professors and advisors that um, that I really trusted and that were willing to spend the time and like get to know me and answer my questions and be a sounding board for me. That was huge. Um, I absolutely would not be where I am today if not for them. Um, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, I had, um, I worked a lot with like the Kelly Institute for social impact and had a couple advisors, um, that were like staff members, um, within that department that were, um, hugely supportive and hugely, hugely instrumental in me, um, you know, kind of developing the goals that I had for my life and for my career and also like building up the confidence I needed to really go after them. Mm -hmm. um, and that was critically important. I think especially as an, it's important for everyone, but I think especially as an introvert, like um, finding people you trust and like want to have, um, 
long-term relationship sounds weird, but you know what I like it's people that you, you don't just want to like see once or twice and have a conversation with, but like people that you're interested in, like knowing long-term and like keeping in your life for a long time is really important. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was huge for me. And that's something I'd really recommend, um, seeking out and it comes in different ways. Like I obviously was never expecting to like find, you know, my, my biggest mentors in um, like these advisors. Mm -hmm. And I knew them for a long time, actually, before I like got close and developed like a better friendship with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But so it can come from, you know, professors, advisors, from older students. I think that was another big thing as well, that there were students, um, like I found friends that were one, two, three years older than me, um, that were never like official mentors, but they were like good friends that would coach me through things when I needed it. And it was helpful, um, that they were like newly, like they had just gone through what I was going through typically. So like, you know, when I was preparing for junior year recruiting, they, you know, they'd only done it a couple years before, um, or like when I was starting um, my first job post-grad and that's like a huge transition. Like I had a lot of friends who had just done it a year or two years before. So it was really fresh in their minds and like they're able to relate to what you're going through and like help you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's really helpful. Like find people that you trust and find people that you care about um, and, and lean on them and seek to uh, like look to them for advice um and for support yeah no I mean that's great advice and completely agree with everything she said um I don't think I would be the person I am today if I didn't have you know Morgan or just all the other people that have um constantly been helping me throughout this entire journey um yeah and I think again just to emphasize the way to find those people is to you know push yourself a little and put yourself out there and it can be really scary to ask questions or you know, it's, I, I feel like in the beginning, like doing something as simple as emailing a professor was so anxiety inducing, you know, just like, yeah. <laughs> that button. it's like, oh my God, oh my God, I sent it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just need to push yourself a little. And once you sort of cross that barrier of doing it the first or second time, it just gets a lot easier from there on. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just been great advice. And I, this, I think that, Um, That will resonate with a lot of people as well, what Morgan said. Um, So I want to wrap it up with just one last question. Um, You know, if you had to give a young woman like yourself who was aspiring to be an accountant, who is, you know, introverted or just a younger version of you, um, any advice, what would it be? Um, I think take baby steps. Mm -hmm. Um, Like... Just because, uh, what's a good way to say this? But like, things won't remain at the status quo forever. Like, I remember being like an 18-year-old, kind of like you said, like an 18-year-old, like very nervous freshman that was like intimidated talking to professors, much less like, you know, finding mentors or like, you know, talking to big recruiters and things like that. But like, just take it in baby steps and know that like, as long as you're setting small goals for yourself and working to achieve them, like things will continue to change and continue to improve for you. Um, I think that's something that I keep reminding myself even right now. I think that's applicable to every point in your life um, is like, I think at the point I'm at right now, like, like starting in your first job out of college is like really overwhelming and like learning to work, full-time and adapting to like a corporate environment is just intimidating and when you put that on top of like moving to a new city and moving across the country and like Mm -hmm. building a new community all of that just seems really overwhelming but like the way things are at the moment isn't the way things will always be like if you're setting small goals for yourself to like meet one new person a week or like you know um -hmm. like reach out to um you're like find a mentor in your firm or like Mm -hmm. if you're setting like small goals for yourself or even just like 
giving someone a cold call or like anything like that. Like as long as you're setting small goals for yourself, you'll be surprised how quickly um, your confidence will grow and how quickly like things can change for you. Yeah. I mean, 100% true. Um, All facts. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Morgan. This was just, i this was a great conversation. I, as always, I love talking to you and I feel like this is going to be really helpful for a lot of the people listening. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I am really excited and honored to be one of your first guests. <laughs> I'm um, super excited to hear about um, like the people you interview next. Um, and thanks for including me. No problem. And to everyone who's listening, I have just so many incredible speakers um, coming on just like Morgan. Um, So if you want to stay updated with that, follow us on Instagram at when she hustles. And I hope you all join us the next episode. Until then, just keep hustling.